When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benzman. And I'm Ben Boland. Ben, today we've got a topic that is uh, another top ten list. We kind of like follow through some of these top tens, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, this one comes from Jalopnik, and uh, it's a recent article, so the numbers here are fairly fairly new. Right, yeah, within the past few years. Yeah, that's right. And it follows along with the, uh, I guess, the ten biggest car shows in the world. And we're not talking about, um, like, auto shows, not like the... Uh, the Frankfurt Motor Show or anything. Right. These are like the, the gatherings of people, enthusiasts, uh, collectors, uh, classic cars. Places where you can bring your own car. Exactly right. And it's all over the world, not just here in the United States. This is an international list. And uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with number 10 and count down to number one? That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, so number 10 uh, actually comes to us from France, uh, Paris, a place called uh, retromobile or an event. Retromobile. Yeah, it's an event. It's, uh, how many days? Five days, I think. Yep. So it's a, it's a five day event, kind of lengthy, uh, but it's big. It's really big. And, mm-hmm. and just to give you an idea, this is number 10 on our list, right? Right. Yeah. This is crazy. There's something like 80,000 visitors that attend this thing in, mm-hmm. in Paris every year. That was the 2013 number. So I know it's only gone up from there because these are getting bigger as time goes on. Right. Yeah. More than 500 vehicles, uh, 33,000 square meters of floor space, and uh, they're famous for something in particular, right? Uh, famous for what? Their auctions. Oh, the auctions, that's right. Yeah, because there are four, count them, four auctions that happen during these five days. Now, that's big because we're talking about shows that are big, like uh, you know the size of the Barrett-Jackson shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, so th- these are major, major events, and um, you know most of these big shows, you know the, the large ones, usually have one show that's attached to them, or maybe two, I'm sorry, one auction that's attached to them. Right, maybe two. Maybe at the most, but uh, but not four. I mean, that's uh, that's something significant. And I read that they've increased their show space up to something like 41,000 square feet. So, again, this is another one that's growing. Expect more out of the retro retromobile show, you know, as, as time goes on. Right, yeah, and we also know that they typically have events inside the show, uh, so specializing in things like the anniversary of the Peugeot or the uh, anniversary of the Porsche. So oh, that makes sense. All yeah. right. So they've, uh, they, they highlight a brand as, as they go as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of shows will do that. Now let's move on to number nine. Mm-hmm. And number nine, we're going to go through this kind of quick. How about yeah. that? All right. So number nine 
is the AVD Old Timers Grand Prix. Now, AVD stands for Automobile Club von Deutschland. Great pronunciation. Thank there. you very much. And this is a, uh, um, how long is this? Three days. Yeah. Three day event. 60,000 in attendance. It's pretty big, reasonable mm-hmm. size, right? Yeah. 500 vintage race cars in attendance. And that's important. Race yeah. cars. 500 race cars in one place at one time. That's pretty awesome. Vintage race cars. Vintage race cars. And there's, there's a lot of online video of this event. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens at the Nürburgring every year. And you can imagine just how cool this is to watch this. I mean, to, to see, you know, a couple of dozen vintage race cars in one place at one time is a big deal. Right. 500 plus? Yeah, I can't even imagine. And it is worth your time uh, to take a look at the video or even just the images of this stuff because we can say 500 all the live long day, but it doesn't really hit you until you visually encounter it. You and, know, there are a few yeah. like that on this list. There's a few that yeah. when I looked at images of, of you know, uh, some of these some of these events, actually all these events, and when you see the, you know, the aerial view of the fields that these things happen in, the, you know, the uh, the expanse of cars in some of these things, mm-hmm. you don't really get a picture of it until you until you see it from above like that. Because, you know, when you're walking around, you see a few here and there, and you know it takes you all day to get through it. But when you see it from above and you realize that it covers acres and acres and acres, mm-hmm. it looks like a crowded parking lot, but then you realize that's all. those are all vintage vehicles. That's really remarkable. Right. And also, bonus you can go back and check out our podcast on the Nürburgring, which I just have to mention because I think that's a pretty cool one. Like, we did all right in the podcast, but also the Nürburgring itself is an amazing thing. It seems like we're always talking about it. You know, uh, manufacturers are always going there to test vehicles for, yeah. you know, the fastest lap times, of course. We talk mm-hmm. about that often. Um, also, we've talked about the history of the course itself. So some of that stuff was just so fascinating that uh, it, you have to you have to listen to it. The history of that track is really cool. Speaking of vintage, let's move to number eight on our list, Scott, the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix. Ah, another Grand Prix, but there's more to it than just that, right? Mm-hmm. This is, uh, you know, the other one is, is primarily all about the race, and I'm sure there's other events that go along with it, but sure. this, this is more like a huge festival, uh, mm-hmm. the way that I'm reading. Anyway. Yeah, it's because there's an international car show. It's a combined show. Uh, th- this happens over a weekend. It's open to anyone, um, Anything goes, really, all makes, all years, all countries. And, Scott, this thing covers, they take over an entire golf course, right? Yeah, that's right. And there's also a racetrack, you know, a mm-hmm. race course that they set up for this thing. It's a 2.3-mile race course. Yeah, the golf course, you know how large golf courses are. Right. This is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so the, the setting is picturesque, I guess, because, you know, <laughs> a, a, a golf course in Pennsylvania, you can imagine that it's uh, it's beautiful, it's lush, it's green, it's all the, everything that you would expect, right? Mm-hmm. But it... um this is amazing, Ben. It quadruples the amount of vehicles that were in the last, uh, the, the last one on our list. Right. There, there are two thousand show cars on display here. Not not race cars entirely. Some of those are race cars, of course. Sure. But two thousand show cars on display uh, during this event, and uh, it's it's oh man, it's a ten day nine event festival. Oh yes, yes. I didn't mean to imply that it only the international car show itself is a weekend show. The Vintage Grand Prix is the 10-day yeah, thing. Yeah, 10 days. And, and you know, there's a reader here from, the you know, this list in Jalopnik mm-hmm. again that said, you know, I've, I've been to this thing, and uh, it takes you several hours just to view each manufacturer's collection of vehicles. He said it's that big. I mean, you don't get an idea of how big it is until you're there touring the grounds, you know, and, uh-huh. and you realize... I've only seen half of this place so far. Didn't he also say that you have to take shuttle buses? Yeah. 
you have to take shuttle buses to get from one exhibit to the other because it's just, you know, it's a matter of miles between things. So uh, this is a huge, huge event, and they're only getting bigger as we go through here. Right, yeah, so get in on the ground floor because who knows how much bigger it's going to be in 2015, right? That's right. Now let's move on to number seven. Ah, yes, number seven, a returning topic for you and I, Scott, the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Yeah, a three-day event, which, uh, which as we've talked about it, it's held on the grounds of uh, Lord March, mm-hmm. right, in, uh, where is it, Goodwood, um, where is that, actually? Oh, West Sussex, West England. West Sussex, England. That's right, Ben. Now that's the place where uh, there's also a Rolls Royce factory on the on the grounds of this place. It's right. an enormous complex, right? Yeah, um, a complex. I don't know. Compound, castle. What do we call it? Estate. Estate. That's a good way to say it. Estate. Um, it has its own race course, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. and and that's where, where they run the Goodwood Revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the entire festival of speed, I guess, that happens in I guess it's late June, early July of each year, and this happens. It's about. 1993, I think. Right, yeah, and the numbers keep going up. Yeah, it draws 150,000 people each day. And, and that a, that's only because they capped it. Yeah, they capped it because, you know, the crowds were getting out of hand because it, it went up near 160 at one point, and they realized that was way too many. Um, now, the number of cars that run in this thing, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I can't tell you how many cars are in this because it's it's like one after the other, after the other, after right, the other. Right, right. And there's manufacturer exhibits. And uh, I don't know if there's ever been an actual count there. I'm sure there has been. I just can't find a concrete number that says in 2014 there were X number of cars at mm-hmm. the Goodwood Festival of Speed. And there are motorcycles as well. I know what you mean, man, because I couldn't I couldn't find a solid number either. Yeah, now it's it's a hill climb. Mm-hmm. It's because uh, that's the thing. The hill climb you see one at a time, right? Right. You go to the uh, you know the concours type event. There's mm-hmm. cars on display there. You can get a count on those easy, right? No yeah. problem. Uh, there's also a, um, I think there's a bit of a kind of a rally that happens with it as well. Yes, there right? is. It, like an off-road rally. Um, there's also the, uh, the British International Motor Show that runs as part of this. Mm-hmm. Remember they, uh, they decided they were going to hold it right on the grounds because they had lost, um, you know, the facility, I think, for the one that they were going to use. Yeah, you're correct. Um, so man, there's just, there's a lot about the Goodwood Festival speed that's, uh, that's exciting, entertaining for enthusiasts. And I don't, we've, we've had listeners that said they've attended. Right, yeah, and didn't we, we did a podcast on this. We did a full podcast yeah, on the yeah. Festival Speed, and uh, I think we included the Revival stuff in there as well. We did. Uh, I remember specifically the guy who started it is just a fascinating person, mm-hmm. because this is his estate, folks. It's, I, I know this is not completely accurate, Scott, but the entire time that we were doing that podcast, and even now just talking about this festival, which is amazing, I can't shake the feeling that it's kind of like going over to somebody's house. It kind of is, yeah. It, <laughs> it really is. I know it's strange to think of it that way because it's such an enormous event, but the right. grounds are so big. Mm. I mean, to house a, a Rolls-Royce factory on your own property right, and yeah. a race course and a helipad and, you know, all these other things. It's amazing. Mm. I think there's even a uh, polo, um, um, what do you call it, a polo arena, oh, I guess. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of stuff there. So um, huge, huge event. And, you know, the thing is he wanted to bring – I think the idea was that he wanted to bring the gentleman's sport of motor racing mm-hmm. back to, uh, you know, this part of England. Yeah. And he did that. He did that on his own property, which is really cool with the, uh, the, you know, the uh, rebirth of the circuit. Yeah. I'm wondering. I was looking in my backyard recently and I was thinking, what kind of event could I hold here? Maybe a go kart race. Yeah. Uh, maybe matchbox cars. <laughs> okay. It's smaller <laughs> you know, than I thought. I live in the city. So <laughs> I understand. No um, problem. All right. So. Number six, this is another returning champion for us, and this is something that you longtime listeners will have probably already heard us talk about at length. Uh, probably. This is Pebble Beach Car Week. Now, 
That's right. I said week. It's mm-hmm. not just the Pebble Beach show that happens on, you know, that Sunday or that weekend. The, right. The Concours event that everybody's familiar with. And, you know, there's a lot more that goes on uh, just besides the Concours event that happens over those, uh, you know, maybe two or three days on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also vintage racing that happens at Laguna. Uh-huh. Uh, there's also spinoff events like um, I think there's a <laughs> crash to Concours, which I'm not sure mm-hmm. about what that what that includes. But I do know what the Concours de Lemons is. <laughs> and uh, that's a spinoff that is really funny to look at. But. I'll tell you, I was looking at photos from that thing, and it's so cool. It's it, These are like um, kind of one-off cars, mm-hmm. and it reminded me a lot of what I saw when I went to that microcar museum. Oh, yeah, 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 right before it uh, shut its doors. Exactly right? right, the last day that it was open. And uh, you know, so many unusual cars show up to the, the Concours de Lemons. It's not what you would think. It's not just piles of junk that somebody's brought in for <laughs> 500 bucks. These are actually pretty unique little vehicles, and uh, it's, it's worth a look. If you've never heard of Concours de Lemons. But anyways, the, the whole... Pebble Beach Car Week thing, uh-huh. it's tough to nail down an attendance number. It's tough to na- n- nail down a number of vehicles shown because of all these different events held at different locations. Right, yeah. Uh, we have seen estimates before that, at least for the Concours d'Elegance, uh, around 15,000 spectators. Not bad. Now, that's, again, I think they're just counting for the day of the show. Now, that's, right, that's, exactly. It's held on a golf course. It's right on the coast. It's very picturesque. It's very beautiful. Yeah. The cars are amazing. It's just, you know, they can, they can nail down attendance for one day, one event, but to combine all of them, you know, that we'd have to, we'd have to do that work on our own. We'd have to dig up all of those stats from different places. And, uh, I, I'll be honest, I just didn't have time to look into every single one of them and count the number of vehicles, the number of people and add them all together. But we do have a podcast on this. So exactly. You can right. check that out and too. And the next one I do have some solid numbers for. Oh, good. That is, uh, number five on our list, right, Scott? That's right. The Syracuse Nationals, which is held in New York, of course. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a three day event. And I'll tell you, Ben, this is big. It's really big. Get this. In mm. 2014, so this year, 8,022 cars were on display and the attendance was something like 88,575 people. Making it, uh, the self-proclaimed largest car show in the Northeast. Uh, it's been going on for 15 years now. It's a long, long time. That's right. And again, I said it's a three-day event. The next event, and that's going to happen in the you know the 2015 calendar year, will mm-hmm. be in July. Mm-hmm. I think it's mid-July, like the 17th through the 19th. Yeah. And there's more to it, of course, than just a car show, as is the case with most of these. Um, you know, there's also parties that happens. There's an autocross event. There's mm-hmm. build-off competitions, uh, swap meets, a car corral picnics there's i think there's fashion shows there's all kinds of stuff that goes along with this you know it's it's like um almost like a festival all these are like a festival really. yeah yeah exactly and uh there's hot rod there are hot rods muscle cars antique cars antique trucks uh this is kind of a big party yeah you know, a huge party a huge party a huge yeah. party i mean to be to proclaim that you're the uh the largest car show in the northeast that's pretty uh pretty bold statement but it's true i mean eight thousand cars on display ben that's mm-hmm. that's enormous i mean think about where we started here number 10 mm-hmm. 500 cars on display we're already up to eight thousand plus cars on display and we're only at number five on the list ah so let's up the stakes and this might be my favorite on the list scott you know this may be my favorite as well so, maybe yeah maybe. and and for the style this is back to the 50s number four on our list uh produced by the minnesota street rod association it's just beautiful cars, cherry 1950s cars. Yeah, all they're all pre-1965 era vehicles. Now, how many were in attendance, Ben, in 2014? Do you know the number? Uh, let's see. I've got to do, do, do uh, 14. 
14,000. Yes, 14,000 cars is what they're claiming. Now, I want to say there's a little bit of a dispute here. And it's not much. It's a little bit. Because remember the previous one, number five, we, we said yeah. 8,000 plus cars. This goes significantly up even so. Mm-hmm. Now, they say in the uh, information here, 14,000. But I think I found the actual number was still still huge. 11,816 cars on display in 2014. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Right, that's still that's still pretty much unbelievable. That's incredible. And I saw the, the 14,000 number that you quoted just a minute ago in many, many places. So I think it's kind of a round number that they went to. I don't know why they said that. Maybe that was maybe that was who signed up and then... Oh, geez, it's hard to believe. But maybe oh, they went just off registration. Maybe 2,500 people didn't show up. Or, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe that was an estimation that came before, you know, all the all the uh, registrations were. In. I don't know. This is a big, big event, though, because this thing has been around, get this, 41 years. 41 years this has been happening. So it, it's been growing and growing and growing. So uh, what I found funny about this, Ben, is it's called Back to the 50s. Yeah. It's been around for 41 years. You realize that when they started in, in 19, <laughs> what is it, 1973, uh-huh. they're calling it Back to the 50s. That wasn't that long ago. They'd right. be like us having a show now called like Back to the 90s. Yeah, which is, we're probably not far away from that. <laughs> not you and I, but someone. <laughs> yeah, we could, we could start, you know what we could do? We could start a show right now called Back to the 90s, featuring cars that are, you know, pre-1999. <laughs> and, uh, and by the time we get to, uh, you know, 2060, right. it's going to be an event that has 11,000 vehicles in it. Uh, that's not a bad idea. It sounds like we could also probably get some free cars. I'll be honest with you. I don't think a lot of the cars in the 1990s are going to make it to 2060. 
Oh, are we talking? What? Why are we talking American cars? Uh, we're talking all cars. All cars. All cars. Um, I don't know if I'm as pessimistic, but there are some cars that, not to be conspiratorial, are sort of built to break. That's true. Yes, yeah, right. Okay, so let's uh, yeah, let's anyway. leave it at that. How about yeah? That? Different right. show. Oh, sidebar though, the winner of this uh, last year, their best car in show was this 1958 Pontiac Bonneville custom hardtop. Oh, and that, I got this picture for that you. That is beautiful. So if you get a chance to check out the, the winner of the, uh, and I, man, that's amazing. There's a winner of the Back of the 50 show because, it, I mean, to win out of 11,816 pre-1965 cars, that's a special yeah. car. Well, this was also, uh, this was picked by carsonline.com's uh, oh, I fans. See. So it's listener vote. I don't think it's an official judgment. I see. All right, so let's move on to number three on our list, and that is the Corvette Fun Fest. And uh, the Corvette Fun Fest started in 1994, and man, does this one have a humble beginning, Ben. I don't know if you read this or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy named Mike Yeager and his team at Mid-America Motor Works. Yeah. Uh, back then it was Mid-America Designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, they, they had a Corvette hobby, so they put on a, a very informal show, uh, just for, uh, their customers. It was like customer appreciation time. Yeah, you did read the same thing then, cause yeah. I was gonna, I thought I was gonna blow you away with that one, but this was a customer appreciation party that started out in 1994 in Effingham, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And it is now a four day event that gathers something like 14,000 Corvettes at a time during that, uh, during that weekend. Which is, in my opinion, even more impressive than some of the numbers we've seen earlier because they're all Corvettes. All Corvettes. More than 14,000 Corvettes in one place at one time. Now, I've heard of some big Corvette shows before. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some major shows. There was, a, I think, the Bloomington Gold Show was pretty big. I'm not sure if that attendance is, is close to that or not because it didn't even make our list here. Um, but attendance, you know, as far as how many people attend this, that's kind of unknown. Uh, because of course it's not just the owners and, you know, maybe their, their spouse that comes with them. Right. This is also Corvette fans, you know, people who just appreciate the Corvette brand and want to come and see 14,000 in one place at one time. Mm, yes. And, uh, they're, they're projecting that it will grow even further, right? Yeah. So 2013 is the official 20th anniversary of, or birthday of Fun Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are some other, uh, What's a good word? There are some other simultaneous big events that happened in that year. So the 2013 celebration they had was a milestone celebration. Funny story. Uh, Mike Yeager and his team did not name it Fun Fest. I wouldn't think they did. Other people started calling it that, and they just went with it. Yeah, and I think I mentioned that it's four days, right? And it's yes. not just the, the you know, one Corvette show that happens there. There's expert seminars that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also you know product displays. There's... Uh, club meetings that happen, entertainment, lots of things for the family to do. You know, it's just, it's one of those that has just developed into this massive, massive thing. It's called a Corvette party by some. Yeah. You know, Fun Fest is right in the name, so Corvette party is fine. But a lot of people that own and drive Corvettes say that this is a uh, kind of like a must-attend event if you own a Corvette. It's one of those things that uh, you're really missing out if you don't do it. Is, is this like the Corvette Mecca? It kind of is. Uh, and oh. it, what's weird, I don't know if it, you know what? I can't say it's the Corvette Mecca because that might be, uh, you know, the Corvette factory. Oh, good point. Bowling yep. Green, right? Yeah. So maybe that's the Corvette Mecca. I'm not sure. Well, that's an idea for another show. Corvette Nirvana. Corvette Nirvana. We're just You sometimes reach it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's the big power meet is number two. Yeah. Now, this is funny. 
Mm-hmm. It's called the Power Big Meat. Now, it sounds funny, right? A little broken, right? A little broken English? Yeah, it sounds a little bit um, like the English is not so premium. But there's a reason for that. Uh, there's a reason for the awkward name of the largest gathering of American cars in the world. Yeah, called the Power Big Meat, and it's uh, it's three days. It's held in Sweden. And uh, what's strange about this, Ben, is that it's the largest gathering of all American vehicles yeah. in the world. There's 20,000 vehicles that attend, attend this. Mm-hmm. And so t- imagine this, 20,000 all-American classic cars that attend this, this event, and it's only a three-day event. It happens in Sweden. It happens over the 4th of July, which I think is really cool. I love it. There's yeah. no coincidence there. That's uh, that's on purpose, right? They're not celebrating the 4th of July there, of course, but they are celebrating American autos. And it's really it's a really good point you made that they are classic vehicles, Scott, because uh, cars from the 50s and 60s make a prominent showing in power big meat. Oh, yeah. So... All right. How many people go to this thing? I don't know the full attendance number. Do you know the full attendance? No, but I, I, I've got an estimate. you got an estimate. Okay, great, because that's more than I've seen. It's bananas. Are you ready? I'm ready. Three days. Every year, between 55 to 75,000 people visit Big Power Meet. Wow. Not bad. Not bad. I, I think that that's a heck of a variance there. You know, that's 20,000. Yeah. Give or take, but, uh. Probably really tough to, uh, to estimate. I mean, when you're talking about even just a place to store 20,000 cars at one time or, right. or have them participate in these events that happen, you know, as part of this whole thing. And, you know, the photos that we see are a lot of tire smoking. Right. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's burnout competitions. I'm sure that there's, uh, you know, drag competitions. That's, of course, going to be a part of this whole yeah. thing. I would they assume. use the airfield, right? They they do yeah so the, definitely you know what now that I hear that they use the airfield there's definitely going to be drag racing going on because oh, that's yeah. what those are perfect for right now this has extremely modest beginnings right mm-hmm. started in 1978 with 400 visitors total 400 people attended just 80 cars they they grew from 80 cars to 20,000 cars now I know that Sweden has a an enormous appetite for these old classic muscle cars these these yeah. American iron cars mm-hmm. you know anything big luxurious, uh, the, the classic American vehicle. They love them there. And uh, that's all of Europe, really. I mean, there's kind of a fascination with them. And they bring them over there. They import them. So um, I can totally see this event drawing a huge, huge amount of people. But, again, it's got, it's called something funny. I mean, the, the power big meat. And uh, you know what's really funny, Ben? Mm, what's that? The, their, uh, <laughs> their website sounds a little dirty. <laughs> you go to uh you go to bigmeat.com oh. uh, to get information on the power big meat now it's m e e t right course. yes uh, yeah but uh i still had a little chuckle when i read it <laughs> i can see that all right now i see you explaining that to our, t- our it guy yeah yeah there's a little confusion going on all right so listen there's uh there's one left here on our list and this one i, I don't even know how to describe this ben this this goes uh, this is so over and above everything else on this list. It's amazing. It's a clear-cut winner. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, well, let's see. What's the what's the weirdest part? Oh, I know that it's one day. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet, and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. 
Papertarians know that it's the smart choice too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's one day. Now, this is a little bit misleading because I'm going to tell you about this. I've attended this one a long time ago, a long, long time ago. But um, this uh, this event is one day event, and I bet a lot of people are already guessing what this is. This is the Woodward Dream Cruise, and the Woodward Dream Cruise, which happens in uh, Southeast Michigan on, mm-hmm. on Woodward Avenue, uh, just north of Detroit. And it's again, this is a one day event. The attendance numbers for this are outlandish, and the participation in this is outlandish mm-hmm. as well. It doubles the previous one, the, the number two uh, you know, item on this list. Yeah. It's 1.5 million. 1.5 million spectators mm-hmm. come to this event, and there are 40,000 classic cars that are on display during this one-day event. And this is also a very old event, too. It is. I mean, it's 20 years, right? Or 19, I guess. Next year will be its 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. 19 years was uh, this last um, you know, iteration of it, I guess, which happened in um, August, right? It happened. It's always the third Saturday in August. Uh-huh. Um, this year, again, 19th annual event, had humble, humble beginnings uh, comparatively. I mean, it's still pretty big, I guess, even even back then. So think about 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first year attendance was still 250,000 people on that first day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they didn't expect that many. No, no. But that's also... Ten, that's 10 times what they expected. They thought they, thought they were going to be 2,500 people, or I'm sorry, 25,000 people. I'm interested because you said that it's a bit misleading to it, call it a one-day event. It is because this thing has stretched into more than just the one-day cruise, which is what mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. It's like a right. big cruise, and we'll tell you about that in just a second. But it's more than just that. You know, people have, have started attending or, or um, you know, bringing out their classic cars months ahead of time. 
And yeah, you know, this okay. is crazy. Now you would think there's no way that this thing starts months ahead of time, but it really does. It's and and it it happens with uh, so much frequency that pre- people start bringing out their classics onto Woodward, you know, like two, three months ahead of time. Yeah. That people set up lawn chairs on the side of Woodward Avenue several months ahead, you know, a couple months, I should say, a couple of months ahead of, of the show uh-huh. just to watch like the Friday and Saturday night cruising that happens on Woodward Avenue. So you'll get these kind of like, um, it's almost like tailgating. People uh, will pull into these, uh, you know, businesses that are just off of Woodward, let down the tailgate and sit on the back of the uh, the vehicle and just watch the cruising. Or they'll actually bring out lawn chairs and set them up next to the road because there's so many classic and, and hot rods and unusual vehicles that show up on Woodward on Friday and Saturday nights. And it happens for, again, a couple months ahead of time. As the day approaches, as we get towards um, you know August, yeah, it starts to intensify. And it gets more and more and more. And pretty soon you'll start seeing people with lawn chairs on the side of Woodward, um, you know, Weeks ahead of time, but on week, but on week nights, not mm. just Friday and Saturday. Then it's like you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through. So it's a slow build. It's a it's a way slow build, but it's consistent. And then as the show approaches, I mean, it gets really intense. I mean, the the days before it now are far more packed than even the original event was. That's uh, true. It, it's a massive thing, and and there are events in the uh, surrounding towns. Correct. Yeah, this thing goes through, and, and now this is something else. You know, you may think. How the hell do, you know, one and a half million spectators and 40,000 classic cars make an appearance anywhere? How does that all happen? Well, it travels. It, this is like a, again, it's a Wood, it's Woodward Avenue. It goes through like nine communities, mm-hmm. starts up in Pontiac, Michigan, goes all the way down Woodward through, um, I want to say all the way through Ferndale, maybe like the Pleasant Ridge area, Huntington Woods. Yeah. I'm not actually, sure how uh, south it goes. I've got a list here that includes all of these. Mm-hmm. Um so you said Pontiac to Ferndale, Pleasant Ridge, Royal Oak, uh, Berkeley, Huntington Woods, uh, Bloomfield Hills, and Bloomfield Township. That's right, yeah. And uh, those aren't in order, by you know, right, like north-south. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's the, uh, the the communities that this goes through. It's 16 miles of road. Now, try to imagine this, Ben. It's like gridlock almost the day of the event, you know, on Sunday. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's really difficult to move even a mile at a time. You know, it's that kind of uh, that kind of backup. Mm-hmm. Um, the the right two lanes, the the outermost lanes, I guess, or inner, I guess it'd be outermost lanes. Those are reserved for the cruisers, you know, the classic cars, the uh, unusual cars. There's two other lanes that, you know, I guess what you call normal traffic can use, like mm-hmm. minivans and people just trying to get down Woodward, which this would be the worst day to use Woodward. <laughs> Uh, you can't even really cross Woodward on this day. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so imagine 16 miles of solid people packed. I mean, packed where, you know, like not just on the, on the road, like, you know, one or two people. I'm talking, you know, two people deep. I'm talking like into the parking lots of all the businesses, which are also packed with classic cars. Now, were you a kid when you went or were you a grown? I was grown at this point. My first year was in 1995 when this thing started. And it was started to raise money for some, you know, like a fundraiser for some soccer field in Ferndale, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at very humble beginnings. And it was really yeah. relatively uncrowded at that point. And you could still drive and you could still, you know, use uh, Woodward on the day of the cruise and expect your car to not overheat. And, oh. uh, and now, <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of overheating. There's a lot of breakdowns and things like that. And it's that's part of it. I understand. But it's still a lot of fun. It's really, really cool. Also, the name of the guy who started it, uh, Nelson House. Nelson House. Okay, so credit uh, him. Part of that whole thing. Now, there's what's maybe most unusual about this thing, Ben, and it's so big, you would think that you know they'd be charging a lot of money for you know to participate in this and everything. Sure. There's zero fees to participate. There's zero fees to attend. Um, again, I mentioned that the only rules are really you know no 
tire burning, that type of thing. You know, it shows the speed, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not really a, a problem, I guess, when it's that crowded. Huh, uh, can't right. really get going that yeah. fast. But um, uh, it, it's just uh, it's it's such a fun thing, and there's so much that builds up to it, and there's so much that surrounds it. And, you know, the manufacturers, of course, being in Detroit, they set up their own huge parking lots. They, they, um, they set aside major shopping mall parking lots, and they set up an entire display there that, that is – Sort of like think about an auto show display, but think about it with like their their hottest products, like as yeah. far as like you know the street products. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe if they have any kind of uh, you know competition parts that they want to display, they set up trailers with that, and it's it's just so cool. It's such a fun thing to attend. It um, brings in over fifty six million dollars to Metro Detroit. Fifty six million dollars for a single day event. It's incredible. We should do. We should we should go there and and broadcast from there. Uh, I would love to do that. And we'd have to get there pretty early. It would blow your mind. It honestly would blow your mind. It's just enormous. Now you have never some, seen anything like that. You have some connections in Michigan, so be honest with me. Uh, should we just ask them to put some chairs out? <laughs> they should put them out right now. Yeah, with a uh, with a banner over them says uh-huh. "Reserve for Scott and Ben." Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's probably a good idea. Maybe in uh, maybe as soon as the ice thaws, you know, like in uh, geez, when is that in June now? Uh, there's, but uh, I don't know. It's just such a cool thing, and it's again, it's it's become a worldwide event because people are coming from all over the world now to attend this thing it's not just local it's not just regional it's Mm. it's a worldwide event where people come and it's like kind of the place to be seen so there you have it ladies and gentlemen 10 of the biggest car shows in the world uh from what we understand the 10 largest yeah uh now this doesn't account for of course other vehicle shows that may be larger such as military displays but that's its own thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this list has got, uh, again, there, there's a few that I think maybe they didn't include because some of them are strictly auctions. So think right. about it that way. Yeah. Like, you know, it's set up as an auction. It kind of has evolved into a car show, you know, that people show up with their vehicles. And mm-hmm. there's also side events that go on. If the main event is an auction, I don't think it made this list. I think that was the uh, the parameters. Yeah, maybe top 10 biggest auctions is a different podcast idea and an interesting podcast idea but before we head out today scott uh we have a very special listener mail or series of tweets oh really i'd like to hear them okay uh folks i don't know if you check out our twitter car stuff hsw we put some stuff on there that you don't usually see on our facebook uh, or on our website, carstuffshow.com. However, Scott, we have to congratulate uh, Twitter user Nicholas Lowe. Uh, Nicholas has been leaving some tweets with us or tweeting us as he listens through the entire Car Stuff back catalog. Oh, boy. The entire thing. Which is uh, getting big. I think we've both been counting. We're at 590-something or 600. We might be past 600. Uh, We may be at this point. Wouldn't it be weird if this was our 600th episode? Uh, I don't know if it is. We'll have to check. Uh, So here we go. Nicholas Lowe uh, just today tweeted us and said, finally finished all of the car stuff how stuff works past episodes oh oh scott nicholas knows he said all 596 episodes love the show scott and ben not bad it took and he tweeted again said it took me nearly four months oh my gosh that is dedication well thank you nicholas that's uh that's that's uh, quite a, a testament i guess right yeah and there are a few uh, of those that i owe you an apology for 
Nick. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, some of the early ones, uh, we always say this, but some of the early ones may be a little tough to listen to. Hey, some of the later ones are a little tough to listen to. Right? Yeah, true. it's true, right? But, uh, wow, that's uh, that's amazing. I always hear, well, we don't always, but sometimes we hear from people who say, I'm trying to get through the backlog of uh, podcasts and I'm, I'm slowly chipping away at it, but it sounds like he really went at it. I mean, full force. Yeah, and it can be tricky, um, you know, for those of you who watch shows like Battlestar Galactica or Doctor Who, it's sort of tricky sometimes to figure out continuity, and the same thing happens with car stuff, because we did everything wrong a couple times. We we changed our name, we were high-speed stuff, we had a period where we were doing like one rerun and then one new one. So yeah. And there was a time, a short time, when we were off the air completely, yeah. so there's some reruns in there, um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really... Uh, pretty amazing for somebody to go through and listen to all of those episodes and i guess if you're skipping you know if you're listening to them one after the other you may be able to quickly weed out some of those uh those, those reruns because you can yeah. say i've heard that one already go through but um, there's not that many yeah there's really only a few in there compared to the catalog that we've grown over the years that is a feat of will nicholas yeah. Lowe. thank so, you so much yeah, thanks again nicholas that's really uh, it's really cool it's good to hear about that so uh, we, we love super fans yeah, and uh, guys, we need your help because uh, Nicholas caught up with us, so we are looking, as always, for new episode ideas, new topics. Uh, we always love to hear from listeners. Uh, some of our best episodes come from you and your suggestions. So let us know what you think. You can find us on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter. If you want to take a page from uh, the distinguished Mr. Lowe, uh, then you can find every single episode we've ever done on our website, carstuffshow.com. Check it out. And uh, let's see. Oh, how they let us know. Uh, that's very simple. We have an email address. Uh, hit us up at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.